Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. We thought last week was going to be short, and we kept it going for a half hour, which was shocking to everybody. Uh, And we're going to try that again because there's not a whole lot going on. But before we dive into the All-Star game, before we dive into Aaron Judge mania, Matt, you have a special shout-out that you need to give. Yeah, one of our many loyal listeners, uh, Kevin Brady, who who I spoke with last night. A new job at Grand Canyon University. So congrats to Kevin. We're excited. He's coming back to Arizona. The prodigal son returns. I mean, breaking news. Adrian Wojnarowski did not have this. Matt Story that's is right. the guy who got that's the call. Right. Matt that's Story right. is the guy who's Story bringing this. Bomb. That's, that's yep. why you listen to this podcast is for breaking news yep. like that. That's right. That's right. So all those other people out there listening, feel free to reach out to Kevin. Congratulate him on his new post. Uh, I believe he starts in August. So you got a little bit of time, but, you know, just letting you know now. I mean, my big fear, to be quite honest with you, is that with Kevin Brady moving back to the Valley, there's just too many talented people in the Valley now. Uh, uh, well, and that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's going he's gonna to take his corners. Uh, you know, he's going to own that Grand Canyon area, I'm sure. So I'm not even attempt to infringe on his territory. By the way, how far are you into your rewatching of The Wire? Through season two. <laughs> I'm, I'm stopping between seasons. Uh, so I'm about to get to season three where we get the debut of, of Marlo Stanfield and, and, of course, the corners, as they say. So that that brings us to the All-Star game. Not really, but we need a transition. Not there. really. Um, rough transition, but that's all right, yeah. But apparently, it's time to, right now, call Aaron Judge the best baseball player now and ever, and <laughs> we should all just stop what we're doing and watch every at-bat he has for the next 15 to 17 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I always get a little... Uh, worried when a guy gets this much hype because and I have I have nothing against him or for him uh, you know I'm not I'm not a longtime fan of his or somebody that, you know I mean there are guys that you know uh, as you know you know that I follow up through the years and uh, you know and I, I'm biased toward them and I'll admit it and I'm not biased against him either um, but you know the the hype the hype machine takes over and then and this happens all the time. You know, then the, the culture starts to shift toward, well, we got to pick him apart. we got to find all his flaws. Um, you know, if he's not hitting uh, 450, then, you know, he's a disappointment. Um, you know, I like the story. I mean, I, you know, he's, he's a good young star. Baseball needs it. We talked not too long ago on one of these about baseball needing more marketable stars. Uh, you know, basketball's got a ton. And, and, and the NFL – has some and doesn't really need that. The NFL kind of lives a different world than the other sports, but baseball needs it, and he can be that. You know, so I hope it works out. I hope he continues to play well, but I always get a little nervous when a guy gets this much hype this early. Yeah, I, I think a lot of this narrative is driven by the fact that he's on the Yankees. And look, he's having sure. a monster first half of a season. Yeah. And I think that it'll continue. I think he'll wind up having a monster year, and he's built – you know, like a power forward, basically. Sure. So, yeah. there, you know, it. I think it's exciting. And New York obviously needed uh, the next Jeter, the next guy. Yeah. An anchor of the new core four. And, and they're trying to anoint him. I get it. I, I hope it works out as a baseball fan. 
Yeah. But I just think, you know, it's too early to crown him the next big thing. I'm not, you know, he's 20. I think I saw he was, what, 24, 25 already? Something like that, yeah. So, yeah, because he went to college. Yeah. I mean, he's the same age as Mike Trout. And Mike Trout's right. been doing this at Harper. the big leagues for six years. Bryce Harper's been <laughs> yeah. doing it in the big leagues for yeah. six years. They've you know? won MVPs. Uh, yeah, I mean, Chris Bryant won an MVP. I mean, guys guys have done more. Um, and I and I think 100% what you said. You know, the fact he plays for the Yankees goes a long way. So I would... I would say if he played for anyone else, he would be getting this much hype. And certainly if he played for probably somewhere between 15 and 20 other teams, it wouldn't be close. I mean, if he was playing for the Houston Astros or the Pittsburgh Pirates, Cincinnati Reds, you know, the list goes on and on. And he had the exact same numbers. We wouldn't be hearing nearly as much about him. But, it's you know, it's all the elements. I mean, it reminds me, and I hope he has more staying power than this guy, but it reminds me a bit of, of Jeremy Lin. Um, New York, unique look, unique name, um, you know, all those things go in. I mean, the, the name helps. That's a stupid thing, but it, but it does. You know, he's got a gimmick based on his name, um, you know, so it, it all fits together. Big, tall kids, you know, like you said, he's, he's not your typical baseball look. Um, and that all comes together to make this kind of sensation. And now the interesting thing will be, does it have staying power or not? I don't know if it will, obviously, but I my inclination is that at some point the shine will wear off, and then it's going to be four or five years to see if he can stay. If he look, if he yeah. if he hits forty five homers a year, then it doesn't matter. He's unquestionably going to be sure. considered an elite talent. But you know, sure. does will he go down? as the next Jeter, as far as just loyalty to the franchise and things like that. And we right. won't know until we're 10 or 15 years into his career. And it just seems too we soon won't. for the articles and the tweets about how he's the heir apparent. Uh, he's oh, the is. next great There's thing. no doubt it is. Yeah, there's, there's zero doubt that it is too soon. But we do this all the time. I mean, we do it in every sport. Um, we're always looking for the next. Uh, you know, I mean, two years ago... Uh, you know, Cam Newton was going to revolutionize the NFL based on what he did. He won the MVP and blah, blah, blah. And now, you know, well, now he's hurt and they didn't have a very good year. And, you know, the hype has significantly slowed on him. Could come back, uh, you know, but but this is this is what we do. And, and that's not even, I mean, better examples, probably Cam Newton's rookie year. Um, you know, he got to that great start, threw for 400 yards his first two games. And my God, he was going to change the league. Well, he didn't change the league. He's been good. But, you know, it's not like he's become the greatest quarterback ever like some had him being. Um, Kaepernick is another great example of that. I mean, Ron Jaworski had him being one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Now he can't get a job. Yeah, Let's I mean, take away it, the political yeah. stuff. You know, I mean, just just pointing out how, you know, hype can hype can be very misguided early in a person's career. But we never learn. We keep doing it. Well, and to your point, when you talk about it in the framework of quarterbacks, I remember when – the 49ers beat the Packers in the playoffs and Kaepernick right. ran all over. And, you know, one of the fun immediate talking points was, well, wouldn't you rather have Kaepernick than Aaron Rodgers? Uh, sure, sure. No. You know, I mean, we we constantly overreact to what we are seeing right now. Um, you know, and, and yeah, it is very much too soon. But we're, we're, you know, we're starving for that next star. I mean, as good as Mike Trout has been, he's not really a... 
big star. I mean, he's a, he's a star in the sense of how he plays, but he's not a superstar in the sense of, you know, everybody wants to see Mike Trout. If you're a baseball fan, you do. But he doesn't really appeal to people outside the baseball genre. Uh, maybe that has to do with his team. If he was playing for the Yankees, maybe we have a different discussion. Or even the Probably Dodgers. Would. Even the, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Angels are kind of lost out there on the West Coast. Uh, you know, I mean, Albert Poole's career kind of went there to disappear. Now, he hasn't been as good, but we've kind of just forgotten about him since he got to the Angels. Um, uh, you know, and he was a big star in St. Louis. So, yeah, I mean, that has something to do. But but baseball, like I said, baseball's looking for that next big star. Um, they kind of went through a period where either they got old and retired or they were – you know, disgraced in some ways by the steroids, whether it be Alex Rodriguez, Barry Bonds, whatever, kind of changed the feel around them. And and for the last few years, baseball kind of has has not had that. And and so, you know, is Aaron Judge that? I'm not sure, but there's a lot of people hoping he is. And, and so that's why the hype gets boosted up. Well, I think that one of the things that this really illustrates is – Think about the guys who are the marquee draws this year and the memorable things that have happened in the first half. Derek Jeter Day, David Ortiz uh-huh. Day. It's guys who yeah. aren't playing anymore. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, part of that, yeah. I think, is the Cubs' struggles because I do think that yeah. Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo are those marketable guys. They're the ones who you will see in that next era of Gatorade commercials I know every year Chris Bryant now is doing whatever uh, video for, I don't know if it's a Red Bull or what it is, where, you know, one year where he was playing for the Juco and then one year when Greg Maddox came in and threw him batting practice. Right. That was this year. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. But I I think those guys would be marketable. You know, the Cubs scuffling has kind of diminished that in some ways, but I, you know, I don't think that one, the Cubs will keep scuffling and two, that it will keep these guys down for long. No, I think they'll be. I mean, I think it's it's a bit of a hangover year for the Cubs in general, and it's a hangover year for baseball in some ways because of that. The Cubs have been such a dominant story, uh, you know, even when they're not good. You know, it's like, uh, when will it win? And, you know, you get, it was a little bit like the Red Sox. You kind of knew that they did, you know, it was going to be a big moment for baseball, but then, you know, that that interest fades. You don't have that. I mean, if the Cubs hadn't won last year, and they were playing like this, there'd be more notice because, well, what, you know, boy, did they miss their chance? You know, will they be able to get it right? Well, you know, honestly, as a Cubs fan, I mean, I hope they could turn it around and get going, but I told you this before, I'll say it again. I'm not going to get worked up about it. Like, you know, I, I got one, anything more is gravy, uh, you know, and it's certainly not in the immediate aftermath. I'm not going to, you know, get all worked up and, oh, this is terrible. And this team stinks. And they won last year. I'm good. Uh, you know, I'm I'm ready to you know pack it in and say thanks for the memories. Um, and I think I think that's affecting things. It's certainly affecting them. I think they've been in a hangover all season and not sure if they can get out of it this year. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I I think that's probably a factor in it too. Is there, you know, we you know Schwarber's another name that certainly was built up to be a big star on the rise and he's really struggled this year. Um, and and so you know, yeah, kind of a void there. Uh, and, and, you know, a big star for the Yankees always, you know, fills that void. What's confusing to me is how the Red Sox haven't been able to capitalize on their young players. I, I get why Houston doesn't, because 
for as right. as great as the Astros have been this year and as great as Altuve's been for a number of years, sure. there's just not a lot of interest in watching a team from East Texas play. You no. know, they play in the no, AL West, so half their games are super late at night. Yeah. And yep. the A's are not a draw, as much as I love the A's. The yep. Mariners are not a yep. draw on this side of the Pacific. And right. Right. you know, the question becomes who's gonna care besides diehard fans who voted them a bunch of all stars about that true. team. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean what, they're they're an excellent team, but yeah, I mean they don't they don't resonate with non baseball fans. And that's that's really what we're talking about here. We're we're talking about can you pull in the people who are casual and who, eh, is the game on, man, maybe I'll watch. It's not people like you or even really like me who, you know, we're going to watch baseball. Or, you know, it's the middle of the summer, we're going to watch. That's the only thing on. We love it. You, you know, you're going to watch it regardless. You you love baseball. It's, it's the average person that has to be pulled in, and the Astros at this point don't do that. Yeah, and that's what makes the Red Sox to me so confusing because – they yeah. have elite level guys who you could get behind, yeah. but it almost feels like they'd rather still focus on the Poppy Pedro era. Yeah. And I get yeah. it. And, yeah. and Dustin Pedroia seems to be the link to it for them. Sure. Sure. But, so, all right. So here's my question for you. Who in today's MLB is the first to host something? Derek Jeter hosted SNL. Guys have hosted mm. the ESPYs now. Is true, there a player true. today who you think will host something? I mean, the easy answer would be, you know, Aaron Judge at this point. I don't know if that will be the, the case, but, you know, being in New York gives you that platform that makes you a cross-brand star. You know, it, it puts you on the map um, and puts you in people's consciousness that wouldn't wouldn't know baseball, you know, they, they couldn't tell you probably more than five teams in major league baseball, but they, they knew who Derek Jeter was. You know, they, they probably knew who Mariano Rivera was, um, you know, guys like that uh, Jeter, you know, crossed over with all the dating, the starlets and all that. You know, I don't know if judge will follow that path, but you know, you, you guess him. I mean, I don't think it's a guy like Mike Trout, you know, Mike Trout's a heck of a player, but he's not shown the personality to become a big megastar. Uh, Bryce Harper, maybe, you know, I could see if, if the Nationals were to win a World Series, something like that, Bryce Harper kind of has that look, that star appeal that he could become a big thing. He also has the attitude that he does. will will generate interest because you will yes. either like him or hate him. Yes, Bryce Harper's been polarizing from the time he was in high school, uh, you know, and he, he was on the cover of SI or whatever it was, you know, and he... He, you know, went to JUCO so he could enter the draft early. Um, I mean, you know, and, and it's that LeBron sort of phenomenon that, you know, love him or hate him, people care about him. You don't really have with Mike. How many people hate Mike Trout? Not, probably not that many. Uh, you know, I mean, it, you, you know, you admire him being good, but, you know, there's not a lot of passion against Mike Trout. Sometimes you need that as much as anything. I mean, that, that is a big thing with LeBron. I'm a big LeBron fan. A lot of people are. A lot of people hate LeBron. They want to see him fail, but they watch him regardless. They want to they want to watch him play. Uh, you know, they're not disinterested. Well, and for you, Tom Brady and the Patriots, for most yeah. NFL fans, you, yeah, you know, I watch Patriots games when it's not conflicting with the Packers to root against them because I yeah, don't absolutely. like them and I want them to fail. 
because I, because they've been around and I care. And yes, you know, yes, for me, baseball is different because I've sort of begrudgingly started to recognize in myself that I like when the winners win. I like when the Dodgers are good. I like when the Yankees are good. I like when the Giants are good. I like when the Red Sox are good. I like rivals who are good and who move the needle because I like being able to, you know, be at a sports bar or at the office or in the elevator and talk baseball with people and beyond the Brewers. I I love talking about the Brewers and I can do that all day, but it's also nice to have the conversation of, you know, what did you think of yesterday in the All-Star game when they were talking about how, you know, the league hasn't been able to figure out Cody Bellinger. It's like Bellinger's only hitting right. 260-something. They figured him right. out. He's just right. got a lot of power. You know, let's He read. just hit power, yeah. You know. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, there are teams that resonate, and I think the Yankees probably more than any, and I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not a Yankee fan, but, um, you know, baseball is more interesting when the Yankees are good. They don't need to win every year. I wouldn't say that. I mean, you know, I'm sure Yankee fans would say, well, you know, baseball's only interesting when the Yankees win the World Series. But when the Yankees are good, it, it's more interesting. It's the same for the NBA with the Lakers. You know, the, the, the NBA has been in a good run, but, you know, you miss the Lakers. Like, I hate the Lakers. You know, I hated them with Kobe Bryant and Shaq. But there's something that resonates when the Lakers are good, and there's big games in L.A., and, and we've missed that the last few years, you know, and that's why there's so much hysteria about Lonzo Ball going there because of that hope. That hope is triggered again that the Lakers could could rise up and be relevant once again. And college football has the same thing. You know, we've talked about it in yeah. the context of the Pac-12. Pac-12 basketball yep. is perceived to be good if Arizona and UCLA are good. Pac-12 Correct. football is Absolutely. perceived to be good if USC is good. USC, you know, and that's Washington. why you know the Pac-12 comes in this year feeling good because USC is going to be ranked high, and they got a Heisman candidate quarterback, and and that will raise the profile of the conference if they are that good. Yeah, I mean Washington last year, you know, was the playoff team, but it didn't yeah. matter because it wasn't it's USC. Safe. No, it's not. You know? yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, you know, it's it's a weird thing, and I think you and I are kind of at that same point of understanding that. You know, we're not we're not saying we want USC to win the Pac-12 every year. That gets boring, you know. But you want USC to be good because you want your game against them to feel big. You want beating them to feel big. I mean, we beat them a few times in the past few years, but it didn't feel quite as big because there haven't been US. They're just USC, you know. I, I and and yeah, I mean the Yankees are that. You know, when the Yankees are going, you know, seventy nine and eighty three, it's just not as interesting but when they're good and then somebody beats them in the playoffs it means something oh you beat the Yankees that's big yeah so on the all-star game itself you know this time it doesn't matter and it doesn't count and thank god that's all I can say about that we finally got rid of that ridiculous possible you know part of the game so I think it's good that it doesn't count I agree so I don't want to dwell on that but what I do want to dwell on is how how much I feel like Fox overcorrected. Yes. It's like, yes. this time it doesn't count. So Alex Rodriguez is going to walk around the infield during warm-ups, and we're going to mic up guys in the outfield and talk I to agree. them during pitches. No. That, like, let's still just have it be a, a game. Much. <laughs> I know? agree. I mean, there's there's a it's a tough thing with all-star games, and I think, I don't know if you and I talked about the NBA one, um, but I know I talked about it with others, uh, you know, and, and baseball kind of especially the time of year there's nothing else going on you know after the game and i heard it on dan patrick this morning well what can we do to make this game matter more 
nothing, nothing. The times have changed. We're not going back to the old days where the all-star game, it, you know, is huge when people like Dan Patrick and your dad and my dad were kids. That's just not coming back. It's a different time in baseball. It's a different world we live in um, when, well, when it comes it, to sports and consumption. It's just not the same. I think part of it is sports is different. They, I mean, let's remember that back when, you know, we were growing up and before interleague play and things like that. Right. The National League had its own president. The American League had its own president. They had yep. their own umpires. There was no yes. crossover. And then it mattered because you only it only happened twice. You would see them play at the All-Star game and you would see one team yep. from each league play in the World Series. In the World Series. And it would matter which league had the extra umpire for game seven. So that yes. one team would have yes. four and one team. Those things mattered. It just doesn't anymore. These guys see each other it all doesn't. the time. They play each other it in spring training. They play each other in winter ball. They played each other in the minors, the fall league. Yep. It, you know, yep. there's no more animosity and no more rarity. You know, the Brewers there's, played think, in Yankee Stadium this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that is a huge part of it. And I think the other half of that is, um, you know, nowadays, like, you know, when my dad was growing up in Iowa, you could see the Cubs, you could see the Royals, you could see the Twins, you know, but you didn't see the Yankees. You didn't see the Dodgers. You know, unless they came to play those teams. But now, if you want, you could be anywhere in the country and you can see any team you want. You know, they're on TV all the time. we got national games. If you want the extra innings package or MLB.tv, you can see whoever you want. The All-Star game used to be your chance to see the big players from the Yankees when you weren't exposed to them otherwise. Now you could be exposed to them whenever you want. Yeah, and it's, I think it's the combination of better access for fans – at yeah. least more thorough access. Yeah. And players don't they know it's an exhibition game. No one wants to no exactly. one wants to have the collision at home plate. Yeah. Where a like guy Ray Fossey and Pete Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, we, we it's different time. We lionize it now, but could you imagine if that happened and Gary Sanchez and was out? Got hurt. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or or Yadier yeah, Molina got I mean, knocked out and blew out his knee. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, it's just different. And, and I, you know, I thought the same thing about the NBA All-Star game. And I know, you know, got to 200 points each this year, close to it. And, then, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's terrible. They don't play defense. Well, if you want to see games that matter, there's, you know, six to eight months worth of games that matter every night. There's plenty of opportunity to watch a game counts. And at this one game in the middle of the season for both basketball and baseball, that doesn't matter. And we get to see the stars go out and have a little bit of fun. And if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. Like, I mean, nobody's forcing you. Nobody's saying you've got to watch this game. You know, if you don't like, you know, exhibition style game, then don't watch. But that's what it is. And it's okay. We don't have to make it more than it is. I don't believe. Now, I will say, though, to go back to my original point, I don't like how much Fox overcorrected because – in spring training, you know what they do is they interview the guy in the dugout after he comes out of the game yeah. or between innings. Uh, don't, yeah. don't, I don't yeah. want you interviewing Bryce Harper while the game is being played. It just, I you know, kind of he's agree. on I the mean, field. It, it, was, it was gimmicky. Uh, I mean, there's, there's no doubt it was gimmicky and it was a way, again, it's, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about. It, it's a way to pull in people who aren't baseball fans. Baseball fans look at that and they say, geez. You know, it's the middle of the game. You got this guy talking. Um, but, you know, that's a way. Oh, yeah, come watch this game. and We're going to have Alex Rodriguez go out on the field and talk to guys. Did it work? I kind of doubt it. I mean, I doubt that, you know, 
somebody who doesn't care about the baseball all-star game would have heard from their friend, well, you got to turn this game on. They're interviewing guys mid-inning. I, I don't think so, but I'm sure that that was the thought behind it. Well, let's make it something different, something cool, something edgy. It, it was different of those three. Yeah. It was, I, yeah. I will grant I mean, that I, it was different. I don't like it. You know, I, I think some of this stuff that we do in sports in general, the, you know, the mid-quarter interviews with basketball coaches, uh, you know, it's, it's just stupid. You know, the halftime interviews with a football coach, we never get anything out of them. Uh, you know, very rarely does a coach really tell you something and you think, boy, that really helps my understanding of what's going on in this game. They give you a cliche answer and we move on and, and it's all done in the name of like, let's give the fans more access. Well, are we really getting more access? I don't think so. Um, but that's exactly what, the, you know, it follows in that same thing. You know, let's bring people in and make them feel part of the game. I mean, uh, the extent that I felt like I got more access was when A-Rod did his walk around the infield yeah. with the National League, and he asked Zach Cozart, well, what are you going to do against Chris Sale? And Cozart said, I'm going to swing early and swing hard. And he got a <laughs> single on the first pitch, and it's like, yeah. oh, all right, well, good. Yeah. good. I, I learned yeah. something. Yeah. But you know what I didn't learn anything about? Hey, Nolan Arenado, you're really good at third base. How do you make it look easy? <laughs> and then Arenado says, well, it's definitely not easy. <coughs> and then A-Rod says, okay, well, this has been a fun trip down memory lane. I'm yeah. going to get off the field now. Yeah, 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 I agree. I mean, I could have done without it. And I would bet you if you talk to people who watch a lot of baseball, you know, 95% or more would say, yeah, I could have done without it. Um, but, you know, this is the same network that brought you the light puck. Uh, you know, they're always, they're always trying to find, you know, new ways to bring sports to the, to the masses. And some have worked. This is also the same network who pioneered putting the score up during the game when everybody else laughed at that. Oh, why, why would you have a graphic with the score up all the time? Hmm. Now, that's unheard of to not have. High school games have that sometimes now. So, you know, some things they do and it works, and other things, not so much. So let's pivot really quickly, talk about something that came out today. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but apparently Richard Sherman said NFL players need to be yeah. prepared to hold out and strike for a better deal. And I, I know that you're not a big fan of the messenger. I can hear you yawning at the question. But, well, but yeah, okay, I, let, me, let, me, let me take my position on this first. I think he's absolutely right because I, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about the NBA offseason and the guaranteed money mm -hmm. and this and that. And the NBA mm -hmm. is not nearly as lucrative as the NFL. Their, sh their sharing of revenue is better for players. The True. guaranteed contract situation is better for players. You know, obviously the post-career repercussions of putting your body right. on the line in those sports are far different. Right. So if they are willing to take the pain for the long-term benefit of the future players, I think that that is the right move. Uh, you know, I think that's the right play for the NFL Players Association. I just don't know if they'll actually do it. Yeah, and that's my thought. I mean, I, I can't disagree with really much of anything you're saying. Um, I guess what I, you know, my only... My only thing when I hear that, when I hear these guys talking about the difference, well, first of all, you know, when you talk individual player salaries, there's 53 players on an NFL roster, there's 12 to 15 on an NBA roster. So just by doing the math, they're going to, you know, have less money to go around. You know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers might be more important to the Packers than, you know, most NBA players are to their teams, but he's one of 53. 
And Steph Curry is one of 12. LeBron is one of 12. They're going to make more. That's just how it is. Um, and, and, you know, okay, the argument that they should have guaranteed contracts, I don't disagree. Uh, you know, I, I, I can see that, certainly the physical risk and all that. But you're right. They're going to have to go to the mat for it. And are they willing to do that? I don't think so. And, and I, you know, I don't dislike Richard Sherman, in all honesty, you know, as, a, as, as somebody who's, you know, um, been not much of a Cardinal fan and likes the Seahawks. And I know Cardinal fans hate Richard Sherman. I do kind of like him. I just sometimes wish he'd shut up. Uh, you know, like I, I just times I'm like, just keep your mouth shut. And this feels like one of those. I mean, for me, I actually, I like that somebody's saying it, and it would have to be someone like him who would get media attention. I mean, if the yeah. backup if the backup right guard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sure. says it, nobody cares. But if it's a guy who's no, won a Super right. Bowl and who's a pro bowler. But, but the problem with the message, for me, and I, look, I, I don't know how the NFLPA is structured. I don't know what percentage yeah. of the union dues are paid in to help build yeah. a stockpile of money for just such an occasion. But Richard Sherman will be fine if there's a lockout. Yes, he will. Or a strike. Yes, yes and, he will. And so will Aaron Rodgers, and so will everybody who you've heard of will be fine. But the guy yes. who's on his rookie deal, the guy who is barely hanging on above the practice squad, those are the guys who aren't going to want to have a strike yeah. and who are going to need and that money. Yeah, and that's the majority of your workforce. I mean, that's you know that's the thing about the NFL. The stars do make a lot of money, and I don't know the numbers right offhand, but I would bet you you know ten percent of the players make eighty percent of the money, and and then you've got a lot of guys who are not making much money. Rookies, uh, you know, rookie free agents, draft picks, uh, you know, first year guys who've played in the CFL or the Arena League, and they're you know they're getting their one chance. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, that would be interesting as well. And I guess another thing I think, and I don't know this for sure, but I believe the labor deal goes through 2020. So we're talking four more seasons. Is there Sherman even going to still be playing in four more seasons? I mean, is, is he going to have anything on the line when it comes time to, to make this decision that we're going to strike and hold strong in the NFL? Your lifespan's usually pretty short. However, I, I think that that maybe almost adds more credence to him saying it now is, look, guys, let's get prepared. You yeah. Know, let's yeah. think about this. Let's start putting a little bit away to do this. Yeah. Because, look, the NFL, it, you, I can't remember. It, it might have been the sports guy's joke about, you know, the way that, you know, Tagliabue just owned Upshot. Right. But right. the NFL owns the NFLPA. And slowly, 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 incremental small gains have been made. Sure, sure. And I think that also the public hates Goodell, which helps the players' side of this equation. But, you know, if they are going to do it, they need to start preparing now. And if nothing else, lay the groundwork. Because if you don't really want to strike, you need to at least posture like you're going to strike. True. True. I mean that all all very good points, and I can't, like I said, I can't really argue with with much of what he said or what you said. You know, it does come down to that. You know, this is collective bargaining, and if this is what you really want, then you have to dig your heels in. I mean that that's always bothered me about you know the guys complaining about this labor deal since it was signed in 2011, and even past ones. You know, well this that well, well you had a chance. Say no. And you and your leadership didn't say no. So 
you know, you have to live with it, and you're not going to get everything you want. If guaranteed contracts are what you want, maybe you can get them, but you better be ready to give ground on some other things. And, you know, that's where it comes in. Like, are you really ready to fight that hard for this one thing? Because you're going to have to concede some other ground. Yeah, I mean, the two things that if you're the NFL Players Association, you have to be looking at are revenue sharing and guaranteed contracts or partial guarantees or at least the option of being able to get guaranteed money. I know that, you know, there's been the move with signing bonuses and roster bonuses and things like that that has, you know, at least altered the calculus a little bit so that the money's in the player's pocket sooner in case they get hurt or whatnot. But you do need something, and you need to decide what's important because the other thing yeah. is the NFL, NFL corporate NFL, has been doing mm-hmm. is they, they've invested a lot of money and goodwill into trying to say, look, we're going to start taking care of these guys better. We're, you know, yeah. They're the ones yeah, who are pushing right. for that settlement in the concussion case that is a lot of money. I know it's spread out over thousands of people uh-huh. and it doesn't seem like it, but at least it's something – and they, they, you know, they dress themselves up in the Mackey Foundation, and we watch all the players wear pink for a month every year, even though there are stories about how little of that money actually makes it from the sale of those yep. items. But, yep. you know, the NFL is winning the PR battle. Now, yes. do they also then do something stupid, like fine a player for wearing pink stuff outside of that officially sanctioned window? Yes, they do. Yeah. And does yeah. everyone yeah. hate Goodell? Yes, they do. But, yeah. you, you yeah. know, it's one of those things. Are you willing to sacrifice some of the longer-term care, not just for yourselves, but for the people who came before you, in exchange for what you can get now? And Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, I completely agree. And, and you know, while you're, uh, while you're definitely correct that the public does not like Roger Goodell, and it's not like they sympathize with owners, you know, the public – public at large will always side against the players when it comes to a work stoppage in, in sports. Uh, I mean, as long as we're alive, I believe that will be the case because people view athletes as, you know, uh, a lot that basically, you know, you've been given God given talent. We pay you gobs and gobs and gobs of money to play sports. And, you know, if you're going to really strike for anything, we have no tolerance for it to the point where even when a lockout happens, and it's not the players, you still hear people describe it as, oh, the players are on strike. Because that's just ingrained our cultural mentality that the players are the greedy ones. They want more money to play sports. How ridiculous is that? Not always true. In fact, very often it's not true, but that's the perception. Yeah. No, and I I understand where you're coming from with that. I just, I guess after seeing it, it's one of those things that makes me think, if this is something that they started prepping for now, and they started yeah. digging their heels in now and started setting the narrative now, they could push this and make this into a thing. And uh, they, yeah, and they could, I, don't, I don't disagree. You yeah. know, I mean, I, yeah, if it's, if it's what matters to you, it's the same discussion that has come up regarding, you know, player discipline. And, well, we, you know, Roger Goodell should not be in charge of discipline. Okay, you know, if that's what matters to you, then – by God, dig your heels in and make sure that doesn't happen. But you're going to have to give ground on some other things. And, and again, it, you know, it comes back to how many people really care about that in, in the mm-hmm. players' union. I mean, there's only a select few that get in trouble. The large majority have no issue. Yeah, and not everything can be your number one priority. That is for sure true. Right. You cannot walk right. into the meeting and say, 
this is our top priority, and this is our top priority. We're going to get everything lunch, and you're going to get nothing. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's not how it works. So, I don't know. I, I thought it was an interesting... Um, it is. It, you know, it is, and I... He's going to get attention for it because of when he, he said is. it. You know, this right, is the, right. the dead day. No, Nothing is yes. happening today. Yes, we are in the, uh, well, now two days. Now the baseball takes the Thursday off, too. Now we are, we are in the two days where there are no, uh, you know, games that count in any of the four major sports going on. I think it's the only two days of the calendar year where that's the case. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it'll, it'll probably be on PTI tomorrow. Uh, one of the lead stories because there isn't much else to talk about. So, yeah, he'll get attention, and he's good at that. I mean, he's he's very much like his former teammate. Um, he doesn't try to pretend he doesn't like the media. He he goes out and embraces the fact that the media gives him attention, and he's good at seeking it. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see if this narrative keeps going once baseball resumes, or if this was yeah. a, is this a blip then or is this a chart? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when training camp starts, will we be talking about this? Probably not, but we'll see. You know, I mean, maybe it's a, it's a story that will have legs and, and maybe not short-term legs, but long-term possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, again, I don't dislike Richard Sherman. I, I like the Seahawks. I've rooted for them. Um, you know, and I, I still do. Um, but sometimes I just think he just says things to get attention. And this might be one of those. Maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe he really means it. And, He'll lead the charge. Yeah, and we'll find out. That's yeah. gonna, that's going to do it for us today. Kevin, congrats on the job. In all seriousness, yes, indeed. Uh, everybody else who's our regular listeners, if you have big exciting news, we'll say it on this too. If you don't, yep. then you're just going to be having to catch as catch can when it comes to shoutouts. We, you know, <laughs> we're not here for free and to give shoutouts all the time. You have to right. earn it right. with fake ads or witty yep. Twitter comments, or just texting us and saying, hey, something cool happened, and then you'll get it. But I can't yeah, just exactly. invent something. That'd yeah, be, that would yeah. be unethical. We need actual news. <laughs> Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.